Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Greg Johns, who covers the Mariners for MLB.com. Greg, we're going to start off today with the man, the myth, the legend, the Jerry Depoto, who admitted that the D. Gordon trade went down all the way up in the air. And he also admitted to using emojis. So clearly, whatever he's doing is working. And we learned all of this from his podcast, The Wheelhouse. I am... I am shocked, and I think that I may like him even more now, Greg. But what else did you find out from his most recent podcast? <laughs> yeah, the great thing about Jerry is you can, you can learn uh, you can learn everything from uh, great places to eat on the road to uh, what he likes to cook, and his his, his he's, a, he's a really good chef, uh, kind of pretty talented in the, in the kitchen, and the guy that he loves uh, he loves his, his uh, English bulldogs. You learn all these things about Jerry Depoto, but you also learn a lot about baseball on his podcast. And, and he'll talk about uh, you know statistics and and all kinds of uh, sabermetric stuff and kind of insights into spin rates and why they look at different pitchers and and why Nick Vincent you know only you know doesn't have great velocity, but it's tough for guys to hit because of the spin rate and how he does things. And it's it's fascinating. Really, a chance to, if people I recommend his podcast because I've sat around with Jerry. You know, we get a chance sometimes on the road to to listen to him and and talk and just have have dinner or whatever. And uh, the podcast is kind of an open chance for for fans uh, to get that opportunity to just kind of listen to Jerry talk. And and he's he's a great storyteller and he's he's a fascinating guy. But you know, one of the things I learned last week that that, that I thought was pretty interesting was was coming from a guy who is very very uh, sabermetric uh, oriented and. And I'll talk stats uh, and, and why they do things up and down. But uh, you know, he, ta- he talked about how the intangibles really are important to him when he's when he's going after players, and, and how he uh, really feels the need to fit guys in with with their character and, and kind of their their motivations and, and how they work with people and things. That's a that's a really pretty big thing for him. I was, I was kind of surprised at how much he talked about that. Uh, not that I uh, not that he hasn't brought in guys that fit in well. It, it just was interesting to hear a guy. Who's that uh, sabermetric oriented? Talk about uh, a guy like Andrew Romine that they just signed uh, to to battle for the utility spot, and he, you know he talked about his personality and just how he was the kind of guy you want on your team. And, it, and it's interesting that kind of the different aspects of things. I think people tend to these days think, okay, sabermetric guys are only sabermetric guys, and they just look at the numbers, and 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 uh, it's not always true. And, and Jerry was a scout for ten years, uh, you know, before he got into 
being a GM. So he, he sees things from all angles, which I think is good because I think it is more than just, just numbers sometimes when you're looking at guys. So that's an interesting thing, you know, but, but I look back to Danny, it, it, I mean, I, one of the funnest things you hear Jerry talk about is just his love for baseball. And it wasn't this last podcast, but I think it was a couple ago. Again, he gets talking with Aaron Goldsmith, who's a marriage broadcaster, and, and uh, they just start talking. But he, he was talking, it's a story I've heard before, about how, uh, how he's, he used to have in his home, in his basement, a literal baseball museum. <laughs> and players would come and, and oh literally come down and hang out with him. And every player that came, and he had everybody coming to see his place. Uh, and uh, he would have them sign a door. Uh, and he had a door down there, and he ended up having a couple doors. He ended up having so many doors with players' autographs. When they moved, he took the doors with him. And they finally, <laughs> finally, I think the, the third move they made, they they, uh, they got rid of the doors, which was seems like a shame. There was so much history on him. But uh, he, he's, he's quite a, a fascinating guy, and his love for the game and, and the things he has done in his life are uh, pretty interesting for him. For a guy, and if you ever get a chance to listen to it, I, I highly recommend it. Absolutely. I think it's so fascinating that they're doing this podcast, that he's being so open and honest and, and candid, which isn't something that we get from a lot of these guys. And he is kind of giving you a window into his life and his insight and is humanizing the game. That's that's what I love most about it. I, I could talk about X's and O's, of course, but the, the humanizing aspect for me is, is the most exciting one so i love that he's doing this but you know what else is exciting greg your reporter's inbox another week has passed and so you have done another reporter's inbox and i just as i am curious about jerry depoto am very curious about how you answer these questions because your fans are passionate and they have some spicy takes on what they think the team should and shouldn't be doing all the time and you have to handle that with grace which you do so one fan asked you about a potential six-man rotation over there in Seattle. And they'll only really consider this doing, doing this during long stretches that don't include a break. But how, how does this work, Greg? Is this a win-win for everyone involved? Well, it, it is if you've got uh, six pitchers, I guess. It's a big <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of people and a lot of my fans uh, here in Seattle, baseball fans, are wondering you know, why Jerry isn't going out and signing you, Darvish, and, and uh, Jake Arrieta. So you know, a lot of people, their first reaction is, well, you can't go to a six-man until you have five. five. But uh, they, they believe they have a little deeper uh, rotation there than people kind of giving them credit for right now. And, and uh, one thing about, about uh, the, the Mariners, I think depth – in, in the rotation is, uh, is 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 more significant than people realize because they they, they had 17 pitchers they used last year and they have 11 of those starters back, uh, 17 starters I should say, and 11 of those guys are back and uh, you know that that's a lot of guys with experience. There's not a lot of teams uh, rolling out that many guys even even without adding more this this winter. You know they've got guys back healthy. They they added guys mid season last year that are now there. So they definitely have a lot of guys that are come into camp with. With experience, so there is a potential for for a six man rotation when needed. And, and uh, like I said in my answer there in the inbox, it's, it's only going to be a situation where they have a, a long string of games uh, in a row. They don't have off days. You know, if you got an off, this, the schedule is different this year, Danny. They've added off days. We're starting earlier, and, and they've dropped in some some days off. So uh, with the Mariners, it's funny. I, I was looking at it yesterday. Uh, the first fifteen days, they've got four off days. So. You're not going to go to a six-man rotation when, even when you have five. The guys are going to be pitching only about once a week for the first couple of weeks. So, but then you get after that, and you get you know a stretch of 17 games in a row, and you, later on in the year, and you get 
get 10 plus games, I think five or six different times where you might want to give those guys an extra day. And you've got a, you've got a Felix Hernandez or a James Paxson that's had some, some history of, of injuries. And you want to, you know, not just wear those guys down. You want to be strong in September if you're making the push that you hope to make. Uh, young guys like Marco Gonzalez or, or Andrew Moore that, that, that maybe you want to keep their innings a little lighter. Uh, so a six-man rotation can make sense. And if you look at Seattle, uh, you know, they, they've got guys like Ariel Miranda, uh, Christian Bergman that they just re-signed. You know, I was hoping to get Isashi Wakuma back in the second half. Uh, you, you know, Young guys like... Uh, Max Povsey and, and Chase Young, Rob Whalen, these are guys that are going to be pitching at AAA. You know, if you've got those guys, you can bring up you know, when you have a, a chance to, to, to use a sixth guy and, and drop them in there every once in a while and then send them back to Tacoma. You know, you keep those guys uh, fresh. Uh, it, there's, it couldn't be a win-win. You, you just got to make sure you got the right guys and, and you pick the hot hand, I think, at the right time and, and uh, keep everybody fresh. I think it's something a lot of teams are looking at. And interesting, you know, we talked to Danny a lot about Shohei Otani. Right. I think his pursuit made a lot of front offices look at the potential of a six-man rotation uh, because he that, that's probably how he's going to go with the Angels. If, it's, if he pitched uh, on an extra day of rest in in, uh, in Japan. And right. so teams that were looking at him definitely looked at that as a possibility. I think the Mariners being one of those and, and said, hey, that this, this may be a way, we, well, we, we should go when we get into a season with or without Otani. Yeah, I think that you're definitely right that brains started to react to the fact that Otani could require that and that other teams could possibly do it. And it's really interesting. I think that baseball has just been doing things the same way for so long that people don't realize you could you could do it differently and still have a really good outcome. So it's kind of exciting to see the game keep its traditional foundation but be able to transform um, with the fans and with the age, and it's it's pretty exciting. So I, I'm uh, I'm interested to see if that could work out. If we're going to be able to talk about that come spring training and see if they're starting to work out the kinks in doing that, uh, Greg. But next, we're going to talk about Evan White. Evan White, MLB Pipeline recently just spotlighted him, calling him a potential Gold Glover at first base. But what else do Mariners fans need to know about this wide-ranging first baseman? Yeah, Evans, uh, he was their first-round pick this past year in, uh, out of Kentucky. And uh, when you talk about defense, that's, that's really going to be his calling card. He's, he's not a big slugger kind of first baseman. He's very athletic, very uh, fast, and, and an excellent defender. And, and uh, it, it's an interesting, it was an interesting pick when they picked him. I mean, a lot of times teams look at that big thumper at first base, and they said, hey, this guy, he can hit. I mean, he's a line drive type hitter, but he's not a – huge bulky guys he's about 6'3 205 and he runs really really well uh you know they compared him they brought the name john olerud when they drafted him and and mariner fans that had a chance to watch olerud play first base i mean he was a huge difference maker uh you know that the, you have a great first baseman it makes all your infielders just look better i mean you make it you make a bad throw on the play you know it's, it's made routinely by a, an excellent first baseman that, that's a huge thing and, and uh this guy can can pick it. There's no question. The question, obviously, is going to be if he can hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're still kind of the jury out on this. Uh, he he was drafted last year. Played a couple of weeks at uh, Short A Everett, and then uh, pulled his hamstring. So he ended up only playing a couple of weeks of ball last year. So big year coming up for Evan White. Uh, we'll see where I, I assume they'll probably start him in Low A, maybe Clinton. Uh, give him a chance to. 
to work his way up. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of eyes are going to be on Evan White. He's one of their top prospects, uh, but he just hasn't had a chance to prove it yet. Just, just just didn't get a chance to play a whole lot at the end of last year after they drafted him. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I've seen a few highlight reels of him playing defense, and uh, he definitely is a, a good glove man, and uh, we'll, we'll see how he can hit. They say he's such a good athlete that he can easily play a corner outfield spot, Danny, if, wow. if need be. He can, he can run like that. So. Uh, you know, it, it, you get a guy like that, put him at first base. You know, I think Brandon Belt, maybe with the Giants, that kind of guy. Uh, it, it should be interesting, fun to watch. Evan White, name name to keep an eye on. That's awesome. I, l- I love hearing that. I love talking about these young guys coming up, and it's something exciting for people to look forward to. Greg, another question in your inbox revolved around spring battles, and that got me really exciting for excited for spring training because I know it's around the corner. So I wanted to ask you about this, and you mentioned that the bench. Being the bench is going to be a hot spot for the Mariners, and I want to know who are the front runners and who are the dark horses in this race. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and, and we're talking about about four weeks away. And and Depoto is he's pretty set on the on the lineup, so you, it's no question when when you're talking about who's winning spots in spring, it's going to come down to those last couple of bench spots. And and the catchers, one of them, the backup catcher, Mike Marjima. A uh, guy they picked up last late last year from the Rays, and uh, they really like him. Uh, athletic guy, and, and uh, he seemed to, to fit in very well. Smart guy, uh, and uh, they, they liked what they saw from him in last September when he came up. But they also uh, claimed David Friedis off waivers from the uh, Braves. So I think one of those two guys will wind up being the backup catcher. It'll be an interesting competition to watch behind Mike Zanino. And then uh, first base, uh, first base, kind of an interesting spot. I, it largely depends, Danny, on whether they go with an extra bullpen guy, which they'd like mm-hmm. to do. They'd like to go with an eight-man bullpen. Okay. A lot of teams go with the seven. Uh, they'd like to get that extra arm and, and go with that, that wolf pack they've talked about. Uh, and that's possible because in the past they've needed two first basemen and platooned there for the last few years. So they want Ryan Healy to be the everyday guy there. And if he can be that, then they can just have the utility guy be the backup first baseman. Otherwise, they, they if they go with a shorter bullpen, they could go with Mike Ford, or uh, Daniel Vogelbach competing for that backup first base job. If not, I think the, the utility job, which is the other job that's kind of up in the air, Taylor Motter and uh, Andrew Romine that we just talked about, uh, Gordon Beckham, another veteran that's been around and played uh, AAA last year and came up late. Uh, th- those three guys, pretty good competition for the utility job, and all those guys can play first base. So if he leaves the, the everyday guy playing a lot, you can kind of get away with just being the utility guy being that backup first baseman, and that, and that gives you that extra arm in the bullpen. So those are, those are going to be that, the spots to watch. I think outfield is, is interesting. Uh, Guillermo Heredia now the, looking at the, the, the fourth outfielder, but uh, he's, he's coming off shoulder surgery, so we'll see if he's ready. If he's not, they picked up uh, Cameron Perkins uh, off waivers from the Phillies, a guy that they like, real athletic guy that can – pretty big guy that can run and, and, and hit. Uh, and, and I think he might be the, the guy to keep an eye on, but, but – uh, Ian Miller. You weren't there. lying, Greg. You were not lying about this being a hot spot. Yeah, I mean, they got guys. Uh, and one of the disappointments, I'll tell you, Danny, Eric Salia, who we talked about, I think, earlier, was uh, yes. was uh, hit 408 in the Arizona Fall League, and, and I think was really going to look at that backup outfield spot this year, but uh, just got a, a suspension, a 50-game suspension, unfortunately, for a, a fail, failure of the uh, drug prevention program and uh, a drug of abuse, and I hate to see that, so he's going to he made a, made a mistake and will not be in that competition coming out of camp. It's kind of a downside there. But uh, it should be a lot of guys coming into camp with a chance to win some spots. And we'll be watching that closely when we get down to Peoria. All right. I can't wait for that. And 
Lastly, Greg, let's spotlight Edgar Martinez because he's pushing for the Hall of Fame. He's running over 80%, as you told me, and we know that he's in his ninth year on the ballot. The Hall of Fame announcement is next week. It's about a week out, January 24th, and he's he's in a decent position to get in, right? He's. It's been fascinating because I, you know, I covered Edgar's battle here to get in the Hall of Fame for this is the ninth year, and I remember the early years, you know, the vote had come out, and he'd be at 25, 30, 35%, and I'd call him up and ask him about it, and he'd say, well, you know, I just, just hope, you know, maybe if, I, if things go along, maybe the voters will take a different look, and, and here we are in the ninth year, and voters are taking a different look, a closer look at Edgar, and, and uh, yeah, he really could get in this year. I mean, he's taking a big jump in the in the early voting that we've seen, and he, as you said, he's at 80% right now, and, and you need to get 75 to get in, so... Uh, voting patterns, though, as we've seen, Danny, over the years, that the voters that don't publicize their ballots usually have smaller ballots or, or, or aren't as big as Edgar supporters traditionally because a lot of the a lot of the online guys that put their ballots out are kind of more in, into sabermetrics and things, and a lot of the older school guys that don't publicize their ballots and send them in late to, tend to be less Edgar supporters. So he dropped about 7% last year at the end the votes that weren't publicized so here he is at 80 so he's got to keep keep a little less drop than that to get to stay in there at 75 so it'll be interesting if he can do that uh if not i think he's going to come awfully close if he doesn't get in and i would think next year would be a pretty darn shame if he didn't get in if he's, he's coming that close this year usually guys that come that close get pumped in so next year if he doesn't get in this year next year will be his last year on the ballot so big 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 push for edgar and i'm feeling pretty good much better than i used to uh, about edgar's chance to get in and rightfully <laughs> so uh, he was an amazing player in seattle for for 18 years and uh, it would be wonderful to see him join uh, ken griffey jr in cooperstown absolutely i think that would be great for the city for the team and the franchise as a whole and it would I'm sure, Greg, be awesome for you to be able to cover that experience as well. You have such incredible stories and insight into who exactly Edgar Martinez was as a player and, and is as a person. So I, I hope for that as well. So we'll find out soon. That that will be coming up sooner than we all think. Just like everything else in our baseball world is starting to head our way and fast forward. We're right, we're right there. We're on the edge um, so always, Greg, I appreciate your time and your information. And I know that if anyone needs any more of their Mariners fix, they can go to Mariners.com and read all of that good stuff because the, the, uh, the other season, the off season, the season, all those things are, are here. So it's time for that stove to turn on all the way to hot. And, uh, Greg, I can't wait to talk to you next week and see what happens. Sounds good, Danny. Always good talking to you. All right. I'm Danny Wexelman with Greg Johns. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.